Well, babe, we did it. We wrote a book. Yeah, man, it's it's actually surreal to even think about uh, that we wrote a book, had a baby, got married, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> but the book is now available yeah. for pre-order, and we're so excited to share it with you. Oh, so looking forward to getting this book into your hands, to be in dialogue and conversation with all of you as we continue to liberate love from old imprints and codependent dynamics that keep us small, stuck, and stagnant. Yeah, you know, no matter your relationship status, this book walks you through what shaped you, why do you do what you do in relationship. It dives deep into your relationship blueprint, attachment styles, and most importantly, which is different than every other book that's ever covered codependency in the past, we explore the role of the nervous system in that. And the book is called Liberated Love. Yeah. Release your codependent patterns and create the love you desire. Go to createthelove.com slash liberated love to order your copy now. That's createthelove.com slash liberated love and get that pre-order in and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support. Much love. Thank you. You know, in my book, I talk about many different personalities. You can be a saver who are good at saving. You can be a warrior who worry about money all the time. And you can be a money maker, gambler, spender, and usually the opposite side are attracted to one another. Hi, my name is Mark Groves, and I'm obsessed with understanding human behavior and why we do what we do. In this podcast, I interview the world's most brilliant minds and hearts, where I get to explore, alongside you, every subject you can imagine relating to our human experience and how we relate. It is my deepest intention that we all learn how to create the life and love that we've always dreamt of. Now, before we get rolling, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And one ask that I have, and an amazing way that you can help support the podcast is by wherever you listen to it, giving it a five-star review and a written review. With all that said, let's dive in and transform our lives. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Mark Groves Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Ken Honda, who's an international author, a speaker, a teacher, a master of money, which I can't wait to get into that, and also a father, a retired father, because your daughter is now 24, right? 24, 25, yes. Awesome. Well, I know you wrote Happy Money, The Zen Path to a Happier and More Prosperous Life. I think a lot of us probably have a hard time sitting with Zen principles and money in that I think people have a hard time sitting in the sort of Zen principles themselves, but how it correlates to money and relationships and all that stuff. I'm looking forward to getting into it. Thanks for being here today. Yes. Thank you so much, Mark, for inviting me. This is so exciting. Oh, I'm so pumped. So like, how did you even get into the subject of money, correlating Zen to money, and maybe start there and then teach people how to do that. Yeah. So my father is a very successful tax accountant in Kobe, Japan. And I was born and brought up by uh, my unique father who thought financial education is very important. So uh, it's almost what, 50 years ago since she, he started teaching me about money. And he taught me very well. So I I started my business in my early 20s, and I retired for my baby girl for four years. I originally wanted to have like uh, four weeks off, but I got lazy. So that <laughs> four weeks got extended to like a month and three months. And by that time, we had like six months off. Like 
I couldn't think hard and fast. So <laughs> I, I ended up having four years off. And during four years of my happy semi-retired life, my daughter started to grow. <laughs> then she didn't need me anymore. So I started this uh, having this strange vision about writing a book, which is bizarre. I was a consultant. I was doing accounting, but writing is not my forte. But uh, a lot of people ask me, why could you retire so young? And can you teach me about business and money? So I started writing a, a few pages of, on my father, what I learned, and uh, how you can be happy and abundant at the same time. And that booklet got by word of mouth got very popular. And I get, started giving away my booklets. And by the time I gave away 100,000 copies, a publisher called me, and the rest is a history. I know you use the term happy money. So what does that even mean versus like, if there's happy money, does that mean there's unhappy money? Yes. Uh, happy money is money that makes you smile when you receive it. When you receive a check, it gives you a good feeling. Or when you receive money from your clients, that gives you a happy feeling if you're doing what you love. On the other hand, if you're doing the work you don't like or if you try to take advantage of other people and then get money, that is unhappy money. So when you bring happy money home, you feel irritated without knowing. So you get angrier, you get upset, and you're easily agitated by small things uh, because you know deep down you're not happy. So you may have fights with your partners, partner and also uh, kids and your friends and, and possibly uh, with the people who you work with. So unhappy money gives you frustration when you earn it, when you spend it. Whereas uh, happy money makes you smile when you get it. And also when you spend money, when you pay bills, you think of all the people who helped you, electricity, install gas, and you appreciate all your clients who gave you money. You know, uh, your clients could have chosen other person, but they decided to work with you. That is just for that, uh, something that you can appreciate about. And if you appreciate your clients, they feel it, so they give you more referrals. And as a result, you get more happy money. So you're in a good cycle of appreciating life, appreciating your clients, friends, and family members, and that appreciation tend to grow. Did you find when you began the journey of consulting and all that kind of stuff and what you learned from your father, did your father teach you these principles of happy versus unhappy money? Yes and no. My father uh, focused on money IQ, which is financial intelligence. But when I was uh, like eight or nine, a tragedy happened. Not to my family directly, but it really hit us hard. And one time I came back from home, from school to home, my father was crying like a baby. And my mom took me aside and uh, she taught me, she told me that my father's best client slash his best friend committed suicide. And not only he committed suicide, he killed the entire family of four and then committed suicide. That's called family suicide. My father, as an accountant, his accountant, he advised to file bankruptcy. And, but and at the same time, he had some money prepared for his best friend after filing the bankruptcy. Because if you loan the money before bankruptcy, that money goes straight to loan shock and doesn't really help the family. But he's a you know traditional Japanese guy who doesn't talk much. So he didn't tell that he prepared the money for his best friend's family. He just gave up and committed his family suicide. And to the day he, my father passed away, he regretted 
that he didn't tell that to the family. So he was in charge of the funeral and he often talked about the four boxes, a casket in front of him, and he had to do the ceremony for the family. So that was uh, the toughest thing that he had to deal with. And after that, he got into depression. He got abusive. So I've learned the light side and the dark side of money since I was very small. And uh, so that time I had nightmares that the money monster just chased me and just starts killing everybody in my family. Uh, I I really decided to make sure that will be safe. So I was obsessed about learning about money and then make sure my family is safe. That's why I retired for four years and then I focused on the happiness of my small family. And uh, since then, I, I've learned so much about people with money, without money. And uh, there are two different kinds among wealthy people, happy wealthy people and very unhappy wealthy people. And I learned the secrets. So I applied it to myself. And that's how I have been writing books. And I've written up more than 70, 80 books and uh, sold about 9 million copies in Japan. That's crazy. Yeah. All on the principles of what you learned and continue to learn about are these mental frameworks. And I have had uh, many great mentors, uh, like somebody, Wahei Takeda, who used to be called Warren Buffett to Japan. So I wrote many books on happiness, money, how to set up a business, how to realize financial independence, how to find your gifts and how to monetize them. One of my international bestsellers is called is titled Do What You Love and Make Sure Money Follows You. So uh, the topic is uh, there are so many things that I wanted to share with the readers. Your work came to me through a friend of mine who is a money mentor, a money teacher. And I had not heard of your work before, but then when I saw this correlation of Zen and Buddhism and positivity and optimism and like even the framework of happy money versus unhappy money. I think when I hear that spoken, it's so obvious, but it's not something we think about. Like do you, when you work with people or people, I, you know, I know you speak to large audiences is the main way that people make money generally just accepted to be unhappy money till it's not like, is that just sort of what we're born into? Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are so many creative ways and money gets attracted to a high energy. That's why some criminal people, or I'm learning new English words, sketchy people, right? Sketchy, (laughs) I like that. Sketchy, shady people attract a lot of money. The money is energy. So uh, it's like uh, climbing the mountain. You know, you climb the mountain in a happy way or climb the mountain in a shady way. So, you know, you have a choice. So I recommend people follow your heart and then uh, make money and make everybody happy and receive money because you know, by the end of your work day, do you want to be smiling or do you want to be frustrated? And also, I I think money is energy. If you are surrounded by unhappy money, you become unhappy. And if you're surrounded by happy, happy, smiling customers, clients, and co-workers, you go home. And also, um, before you go to sleep, you feel so blessed. And every day in the world somewhere, my books are sold about a few thousand copies every day somewhere in the bookstore. And then I always think of, I, I try to imagine who bought my books. And like I start counting how many people I made during the day happy. And then by the time I count like 30 or 40, I usually go to sleep. <laughs> and then <laughs> a happy feeling. 
Well, yeah, you're left with that feeling of uh, gratitude, appreciation, the impact you're having on people's lives. That shift, though, from unhappy money and just like work that is inherently not making us happy, how do we even begin that journey? So it's very simple. My uh, mentor, Wahe Takeda, said, you know, it's just very simple. You just arigato your money. And uh, arigato your money means thank your money. Appreciate your money in your life. Because, you know, uh, money, people don't want to give up money, right? So the reason, so the fact that you have the money, somebody gave it to you, very precious money to you. That means people trusted you, people loved you, people were uh, happy with you. And then you can just start appreciating your boss, your coworkers, clients, customers. And then you can say thank you to the person who gave the money to. And also you can appreciate the money. I like that saying, arigato, your money. You can do it in a different language. You know, I prefer thank, thank my money. And then if, if you're an English speaking person, you can say arigato or gracias. Or if you do it in a foreign language, it's kind of cool. I agree. I mean, I hadn't heard the term arigato to, in so long, but to put it with money, to thank your money. And okay, so how do we navigate coming from an unhappy mindset, an unhappy money mindset, and this sort of conditioning we have that, you know, you're supposed to struggle to pay your rent, you're struggling to get food, you know, all that kind of, I'm working nine to five for a company. And even this idea of scarcity, like so much of the way that I've made my way through the world previously and still struggle with sometimes is like clinging to the scarcity, to the like, there's not enough, or I need this or whatever it is. Mm, yes, I mean, uh, thank you. It's a very, very good question. And I often get uh, asked by like single mom who is struggling. And one of my students is a, was a single mom who was complaining about her work situation, her little pay that her boss seems to give her. And then I asked her, isn't there any single fact that you can appreciate your boss? <laughs> because he, would, he kept, she kept complaining about him. And she said, ah, no, I don't think so. But, you know, I give her a moment. And then after about 30 seconds to a minute, and it's a long silence. Uh, he, she couldn't find, find anything, right? And then she said, okay, there's one thing. Uh, I don't have a college degree, but still he hired me. Yes, that's a good thing. You know, he could have hired somebody else, but uh, he, he chose you. Isn't that something at least you can appreciate him? Like, that's true, you know. And then she started thinking a few other things even though she was saying here and there, but he doesn't say thank you, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And then she started showing her appreciation to her boss. She wrote, uh, 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 you know, just a simple card to say thank you and all that. And a few months uh, later, she got a big raise and also a big bonus because he forgot that he too showed his appreciation to her. So appreciation echoes among people. So if you appreciate your partner, clients, they appreciate you back. It's just a you know a mutual feeling. If you hate some people, they hate you. But if you thank them, if you love them, they love you back. And it's just as simple as that. And then she got uh, promoted to next job, and then she started uh, doing her own thing. So appreciation is a key. And, and a lot of people started from where you are, and then... It may not be so pleasant because you have to worry about, constantly worry about paying bills. Uh, there are only two problems in, with money. You make too little and spend too much. You have to do, 
you have to take care of them both. You have to make more and also spend less.、Uh, financially challenged people often spend too much at dollar shops to get rid of the stress. And wealthy people don't have to. So that's why they become wealthier. And the financially challenged people spend so much on something that they don't even use.、Mm. So, because they have a stress, they use money to treat the stress by buying more things, but it actually keeps them in that perpetual cycle. Yes. And then once you know that, oh, yeah, that's me, you know, you will start focusing on, on appreciation more. If you are full of appreciation, you have less stress, so you can focus on what you can do. And so the second step is to find your gifts. You may be good at speaking, listening, selling, cooking. Coaching, counseling, whatever that,、uh, that you're good, you should use the gift more. You know, you don't get paid as a coach, but you can listen to your customers more. You can listen to your boss more. And then by using your gift, you get noticed. And then eventually you can、uh, get paid better. And so it's a constant move of getting、uh, noticed more, getting appreciated more. And then one day you find yourself in a much, much better place. So you can use your gift more. Is that the transition from unhappy money? Like if I'm at a job that doesn't bring me alive and I start to show some appreciation for my boss, can I turn unhappy money into happy money without changing jobs? Definitely. So I'm just saying it doesn't really matter how much money you make or how much money you have. It's your attitude. Even if you have $5 million in bank account and have a private jet. If you feel you're treated badly, you feel very unhappy. And if you have、uh, even $5 in your pocket, one of my friends now,、uh, he's traveling around all Europe now. He's a shoe shine boy. He shines people's shoes and then and get paid. If、uh, he gets paid, he goes to dorm type of hotel, cheap hotel. If he doesn't do any job, he sleeps on the street. You know, either way, he said, When you close your eyes, it doesn't really matter if it's、uh, you know, on the street or if he's staying at Marriott. You know, that's the attitude. So, if your attitude is like that, people start appreciating you. So, even though your、uh, start could be very humble, you can just move up to your ladder. You, know, you don't have to、uh, rise up a corporate ladder, but you have to find your own seat. You have to do what you love. That way, people appreciate you. For、uh, speaking, selling, listening, whatever you're good at. You know, there are, I've trained many salespeople, and there are two types who are good at speaking and who are good at listening. Some people say, I'm not good at speaking, so I cannot sell anything. But、uh, there are certain top salespersons who are not good at speaking, but they're good at listening. You can be at the top either by talking or listening. You know, either way, use your gift. I know you say that money is not the problem. People are the problem. Like, we're the problem. Can you expand on that a little bit? So, money is a neutral energy. You know,、uh, my father used to say there are two sides of coins. And then one side, God is smiling at you, the other, the devil is looking at you. So,、uh, money can pull out the worst and the best from you. If you're a good person, Money makes you a better person. If you're a bad person, mean, cold person, money gives you more of that quality. So, if you're a generous, kind person with money, you can be more generous. You're helping other people. And if you're a mean and cold and terrible person, 
you take advantage of other people by using your money. So money is just a neutral energy. It's how you want to relate to it and how you want to play with it. Money can be your best friend. So I, I hope you don't become a slave to money so you do anything to bring food on the table. There are so many other creative ways to, to make money these days with the internet. So you, know, you have to pay attention to what kind of energy you deal with money. So I searched forever for a non-toxic deodorant stick, and I'm not sure about you, but my experience with them is once I Googled the ingredients, I was like, ah, this has still got some stuff in it. Or if it wasn't toxic, it just didn't work that good. And don't get me wrong, I'm all for letting the pheromones out, but it was not the, not the right kind of pheromones. But I'm happy to say I finally found one that I love, and it's from a company called Primally Pure. And they don't just make deodorant, they have a whole line of non-toxic skincare products that are made with ingredients that you don't have to Google. Mm, isn't that great? They're headquartered in Southern California, and all the stuff is done by their skincare chefs who value freshness and purity. So I'm very excited to be partnering with Primally Pure. And the company's founder, Bethany, is a mom of two and the wife of a farmer who truly cares about the integrity of the ingredients they use and the products they create. And for me, as a new father, this matters because I want to have the best, cleanest possible products for my baby Jasper. That is so important to Kylie and I. And this company has a whole baby line. So if this sounds like something that's really important to you and you don't know exactly which products to use, they do help you create a skincare routine with it awesome quiz that they do on their website. And the best part is that Primarily Pure offers a happiness guarantee and they'll give you your money back if you're not satisfied. But I know you will be because Kylie and I absolutely love and trust their products. So if this all sounds like something you want to check out and try, Primarily Pure has given you, my listeners, a special code to use when you order. Just go to primallypure.com today and use the code Mark Groves, just my name, and you get 15% off your order. So that's Primarily P-R-I-M-A com, and use the code MarkRoves at checkout. Save 15%. This episode was brought to you by The Wellness Company. Now you guys know I'm all about standing in the truth of what matters to me. And when it comes to my health and my family's health, I am very careful who I take advice from. Trust and transparency are so important to me, especially now that I'm a new dad. Now, the wellness company was formed by a team of doctors who lost their jobs and they were subsequently canceled, censored, for speaking up and pushing back against the mismanagement of the pandemic. As a native Canadian and former pharmaceutical rep, I am all too familiar with the failings of the current system and it is pretty clear that we need some sort of massive change. Now, not only does the wellness company offer live telemedicine services, but they also have a wide range of high-quality doctor-formulated supplements that are designed to, one, degrade the spike protein and protect you from shedding, boost your immune system, support your heart health, help you sleep better, and there's so many more. They recently just launched the Spike Support Formula. Now, it's the only product I've seen that contains a unique combination of natural ingredients, including natokinase and dandelion root extract. Natokinase has been shown to help break down and eliminate the spike protein, and dandelion root blocks it from binding to your cells. To support those experiencing side effects from the shots and to help those suffering from long COVID and to protect you from shedding, the Spike Support is one supplement that everyone can benefit from in this post-pandemic world. The truth is that we all need to be taking steps to protect ourselves from that toxic spike protein. Get yourself the wellness company's spike support formula now. You can go to twc.health/groves and use the code groves at checkout to save 15% off. So that's twc 
dot health slash groves to save 15%. So in order to interact with money differently, it sounds to me like you really have to change, like do some personal work. Like money is inviting, being mindful of your thoughts, being mindful of, you know, even are you in a state of gratitude and appreciation? Like it sounds like this is a personal growth experience with our relationship to money. Yes. So money can be such a great mirror to you. You know, if you're a happy person, I talk to thousands of people all the time and I ask my audience to pull up their wallet and then take a look at your wallet. What kind of feeling do you get? You know, some people are excited. Some people are shameful, embarrassed about looking at, looking, just simply looking at the wallet because they have this mixed feelings around money. So if you're clear of all the negative emotions and if you have simply happy thoughts about money, then you can have a better relationship with money, which is great because money can do wonders for you. You know, money can buy you plane tickets, or money can buy you stores, money can send your kids to school, whatever you want money to be, money can help. But at the same time, money can ruin your health and definitely ruin your mental health too. Do you think that like when you consider what you just said about what money amplifies, who people really are, and also in the context of relationship, money is considered, the talk about money is considered one of the main reasons people get divorced. So why is that? Like when couples fight about money, how do we fight less about it? You know, I do a lot of uh, uh, couple counseling which is uh, people's favorite. You know, it's like say in front of 1,500 people, there are some people just um, uh, raise their hands and then like say uh, she is started talking about, you know, her husband and she said, Ken, I'm here to decide whether I should get a divorce or not. I'm like, what? I have only 15 minutes, right? <laughs> hey, <laughs> fix this, please. Yeah, where is your husband? And she, and she says, right here. Okay, come on up. And then I, I bring a couple to the stage and then I ask them, how do you feel about money? And then usually, you know, in my book, I talk about money, different personalities. You can be a saver who are good at saving and money. You can be a warrior who worry about money all the time. And you can be a moneymaker, gambler, spender. And usually the opposite side are attracted to one another. For example, saver person or, or spender person and the moneymaker type, they are attracted to one another because a spender person seems to have fun. So they know how to party. They know how to go to a good vacation. The other other partner, he or she is good at making money. So they are attracted to one another. But after a few years, this spender type uh, things like, he is so stingy. He's so boring. You know, she's so, so stingy. They're just doing business and it's such a boring guy. Why did I marry to him? And this Man is thinking, or woman is thinking, look at my wife, look at my husband. <laughs> He's spending like crazy. At the rate of it's going, I think I'm going to go bankrupt. I think I should get married with another one. And then the same reason that got them together could be the same reason for divorce. So by understanding you are different money types, and that's the reason why you fell in love. So you have to have the right balance in the couple. You know, life should be enjoyed. But at the same time, you need to have stability, you know, so you can spend all the money for fun, but at the same time, you can spend all your time making money. So you have to find uh, the balance um, between the couple and the family. 
And uh, that is a fascinating subject. I can keep uh, talking all day. Well, yeah, that seems to have been something that became really important to you. Like you learned how to make money and then all of a sudden when you had your daughter, there was just an incredible interest in investing in that. And when people come to you with these, like, I need to figure out in 15 minutes if I'm going to get divorced, (laughs) is the, like, how do you even resolve that they both have different money types or different ways of relating to money? I think it's great to be able to say, well, that's actually what made me drawn to you. But how do they move forward from that? Yeah, so once you know the differences, because usually from your side, he or she can be wrong. They are doing bad things. That's why I'm in a terrible situation. But once you get the picture, you start appreciating the, the other one. So the couple decided, and after like 10 minutes of my short counseling, they decided to just, just hold each other, kiss each other, and then everybody was clapping. And, and they found out like they forgot to appreciate each other. Because if the guy keeps earning money, what is it for? You know, he doesn't have any, any meaning about making money. And if she gets a divorce, she wouldn't have anybody to have fun with, right, to travel with. So you need both. So once you know that we can be perfect with another one or friends or somebody different, and as long as we appreciate them in your life, you can have so much fun and you're more together. So I'm not saying certain type is better than the other. It's just different. You know, if you're a warrior, if you're a saver, you have to learn from spender. They know how to have fun. And if you're a spender, you have to start saving money so you have the stability in life. So we can learn from one another. Are we going from the unhappy relationship to money when we're the spender or the saver without the balance? Like, is that that flip? Yeah, usually you can learn from a different um, personality type. Like, And also, it's a... It's not just personal level, at the global level as well. Like Latin cultures, they tend to enjoy party and then their government and the countries, they tend to go to deficit side, right? And the Japanese and Germans, they are just so diligently working, working, working. So Germans and Japanese, they should spend more money. They learn how to have more fun. And also Latin America and countries, uh, they should start saving more money. So if we can learn from one another culturally, I think we can have a better balance. But, you know, <laughs> that's, that's why we are having a, a world problem. And also they are so attractive. I'm so attracted to Latin culture because they know how to have fun. You know, I, I love American culture because they seem to know how to throw a good parties and then they're enjoying life so fully. So um, I'm learning from so many different cultural cultures as a Japanese person and also you know, th- some other cultures can learn about from Japanese stability too. And if we just can combine both energies, I think as a whole, we have a better and happier planet. Yeah, I agree. Just like we can with different relationships, learning how our partner relates to money and what we admire about that. What about people who are really poor? Like what about people who are really struggling? You know, the homeless, you know, like being able to shift to happy money, it just sounds like a big leap from that perspective. Yeah, it's like a depression too. Once you sort of like fall into a ditch, it's harder to get up by themselves. So they needed help. They need help. And also, if you're more, if you feel like you're comfortable with money, 
or if you feel like you have more than enough, I hope you can start helping other people. They need help. And also, if you're in that situation, I know you're feeling vulnerable, but you have to be vulnerable to ask for help. And then people, it could be your neighbor, your brothers and sisters, your friends, willing to help. If you ask for help, uh, you'll be overwhelmed by so many people because uh, they're busy, right? So unless you ask, people don't know that you're in trouble. And then we love to help. You know, the funny thing is we are so good at helping, you know, and but we are so bad at asking for help, especially in North America. You know, people are, seem to cut off from one another. You know, talking about money is such a taboo. If it's a Latin culture or in an Asian culture, if you are in trouble, you can ask for help among brothers and sisters or relatives. We help one another. But in the, in the West especially, it seems to bring up so much shame. So even though you, you're in financial situation, you don't ask your sister or brother or your best friend for help. And I think it's like my father's friends. They don't want to ask for help. If you ask for help, your friends may offer you one. And you may not get it, but what the heck, it's the same thing, right? But we are so protective of our ego that we don't want to ask for help. So if you're in a bad situation, and I'm sure all the people happen to be in one time or another, happen to be in an unhappy situation, an unfortunate situation. But that's the time you have to be courageous and ask for help. You are likely to get it. Yeah, to actually put ourselves out there in that vulnerable space. Does this connect to sort of our, like, is there a spiritual nature to money? Is there a spiritual sort of element to money? Definitely. I taught uh, spiritual money, actually, the course in my retreat center up in the mountains. I talk about spirituality and money in a few books of mine. And then, as I said, money is energy, you know, so money can make turn people so crazy to kill somebody even, right, or commit crimes. And also money can make you a saint. You know, you can give up your money for other people. There are so many people who are out there who will self selflessly give up money for other people as well. So money can be so spiritual if you let it. And then money can be such a great teacher if you want to uh, sincerely learn from money because money can show you the most beautiful side and the most ugly side of you and then you can start healing. So my expertise is heal your past around money, heal your money wounds. By healing your money wounds, you can let go of so much emotion, shame, guilt, competition, and all the unworthiness and anger and frustration. A lot of us are carrying it. And then that's why we buy things that we don't need. You know, some salesperson say, oh, you look, you look great. And then to please a person or to want to look good, you know, I'm, I'm sure all of us have shopped one time or another because he or she is good looking and I want <laughs> him or her to respect me. So I didn't want a shirt, but I bought it anyway, you know, to buy, you know, like a certain attention, right? And it's so embarrassing to admit. And I talked to thousands of people and then how many of you have done shopping like that? And like all of us, everybody. Right. So like we are so deeply influenced by this kind of funny feeling of like, I want to look good and I want to look nice and you know stuff like that. It's so embarrassing. 
I've definitely done that. Let me just put my hand up on that. I think that's why stores hire certain people too, is for that influence. Obviously, restaurants too, servers that are not dumb in how they do it. I know you talk about how we relate to money is how we relate to life. And I mean, I think in that opportunity where you're buying something because you want to please somebody, that's an opportunity to learn that we still do things and we'll spend money in order to be loved or to be liked. Can you talk more about how we relate to money is how we relate to life? Because I think that's a powerful perception. Yes, I think Lisa Nichols said something beautiful about my book. You know, she, she said, uh, money touches every area of your life. So that's why money is so important. If you have a happy relationship with money, your work situation will be better. And also your relationships with your family members are better. And then if you have no ego around ownership of money, you feel pretty neutral about money. So you don't have to prove yourself and you don't have to have impressive cars or homes for the sake of impressing your friends. So if you are free from those egos, you can make a decision out of your heart and then you can buy, well, you can put the most important thing first and then you can prioritize your life in a matter that uh, what matters most in your life. Most of us are so distracted that uh, we often tend to buy something that we don't need and also we try to do something. A lot of work is created to just uh, impress your employees and stuff. So oftentimes I sit down and just uh, uh, write down what I do. And then every few years, I try to cut down and let go of certain things out of my life because to sort of like feng shui my life. Otherwise, you know, busyness, you know, creates busyness. So unless you let go of it, it's almost like releasing your fat, you know, every few years. Otherwise, you'd be boo, 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 boo. You know, that's why we ended up because we have too many things that we don't need in our body. Definitely me, a lot here. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, when we start to hold on to things, because that sounds to me like accepting sort of the necessary deaths, right? To like let in new possibility. But that even, what is the symptom in terms of money of holding on? Is that like holding on to unhappy money? Is that a scarcity, like those types of behaviors that we're continuing to do? What Can you speak more to that? The other day uh, in Tokyo, I did a workshop in economic change. How can you deal with money? What I explained really touches, touched people's heart. So I want to share this. I explained about the situation that we tend to lock our money in our safe or now it's bank account. So it's almost like uh, under in your basement, there is this cage. And if you keep a dog and then you don't let it out, let him or her out for walking and just we just you know, contain the dog for years. That's an abuse, right? And then I asked them, how many of you think that's a terrible abuse? You know, lock your dog in a cage downstairs and then uh, no sunshine, no walking. Like people seem to be upset. But how many of you do that with your money? And then like, oh my God, I do. (laughs) I have locked my money in my bank account that I haven't used for many years, right? So like, so periodically you have to ask your money, where it wants to go. I ask my money where it wants to go. I have a funny uh, habit of chatting with money. And then the other day I asked my money, where do you want to go? And it said, or it seemed to have said, I want to go help kids in Cambodia. And so 
I found out that because of the COVID situation, they have a financial crisis. So they needed to have the uh, rent and also the food and the other things. And so I said, okay, I'm going to take care of that. So I just financed the whole year of electricity and the food and the English education. And then, so my money was released out of this cage. And then it helped people, right? So your money can become an angel helping other people. But we hold on to the money because we want security. But the true security is in the flow of money, not in the stock. But we believe that money in a bank account will just give us a sense of security. That's why we hold on to the money we have in our bank account. What's the quickest thing anyone can do or like for people listening to start to transform their relationship to money and begin to call in abundance? So it's the same thing when you start worrying about money. I just, this is the same prescription for you. There's a, like a little box at the cashier, you know, for UNICEF or some other things, local things, charity. So whenever you were worried about money, donate a quarter, donate a dollar. Uh, and then That's a good idea. Yeah, and you don't have to donate a thousand dollars. Donate a quarter, donate a dollar, and then see how you, how you feel. And then, okay, I will not go bankrupt after just sharing my money. So you can breathe in. Okay, I have more than enough. That's the affirmation. I have more than enough. The feeling that I have more than enough gives you a relaxation. And then you can relax. And then you can start having creative ideas of your next steps. So uh, once you just want to open your heart to next level of abundance, you start sharing what you know, what you have, and who you are. By sharing who you are, people will get to know you. By sharing what you have, people will respect you. And by sharing your love, people will love you back. And the more energy you put out, the more energy you receive. That's a law of the universe. So I'm not going to spiritual, you know, I just, I'm just talking about marketing perspective too. I divided my clients into two groups. One, I didn't do anything. The second group, I always brought some Japanese tea, a book, or just less than a $10 worth of gifts for six months. And after six months, the group number one gave me some referrals, which is okay. The second group, I was flooded with so many referrals because I show them the respect and the appreciation for the business, they felt appreciated. So they gave me so many referrals. So appreciation becomes an echo. So once you just start vibrating appreciation and excitement, people will notice you. So instead of complaining about or just worrying about your situation, get connected with a better future because uh, we have a choice of getting connected with a better future or a worse, miserable future. You know, it's like uh, your your phone. You know, we tend to get connected with a funny wireless and then it doesn't work, right? And so the same thing. It's a glitches of our mind. If we happen to uh, be in a worrying state, that's a glitches. So you have to just get your wireless, search for the right wireless of your future. I love that. Uh, Ken. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing all of this knowledge about how to step into that state, how to move to happy money, how to change our relationship quickly to it. Because that worrying stuff, I mean, 
to make a donation when you worry about it is such an interesting, different way of shifting it sort of immediately. I'm curious for the people listening, where can they find more from you? Where can, I'm guessing they can find your books everywhere, but uh, where can they find more from you in the events? I know you're touring a lot, so where can they find where you're speaking? Thank you. Right now, I'm currently touring in Europe, but I love spending my time in North America. So you can find all the information in KenHonda.com, K-E-N, Honda as in a car, even though I drive Toyota Prius, but (laughs) KenHonda.com. And uh, I'm translating a a lot of stuff into English. So you'll find it for free. And I've started a community online, Arigato Living Community, where we can learn about happy money. And I teach once a month and it's only $8.88. You know, it's still like a joke or like a symbol. So symbol of abundance. So I, I believe in charging less so people can you know, focus on what they need to do. But it's still, I want to share what I know. And so a lot of my content is free. So, and I hope I can get to see you in person and hear about your happy money stories. That is my favorite activities. You know, have my viewers and listeners uh, share about what, what kind of miracles they experience over the years. I think, Mark, you're so wonderful. And I, I hope you receive all the love from the viewers and listeners. I think you're a generous person. That's why people love you and you're so popular. So I really appreciate you for doing what you do because you're blessing the world. So please keep shining. Thank you. Arigato. 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 